0: What's up, legends? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I've got an amazing show today. I sat down with Damian Bajaya, who is going to share his story of adversity and how he uses structure, routine, and positive thinking to really put himself in a position where he can be happy every single day, regardless of what he's been through in his life so far. I'm not going to tell you too much more about his story because I want you to hear it from him, but I guarantee you're going to take a lot away from today's episode. I know I have already, particularly in how important it is to have a supportive group of people around you, how important it is to see everything as an opportunity and and be grateful for all the things that you do have, and again, as I mentioned, how important it is to keep structure and routine in your life through the hard times and times where you're going through adversity and you're struggling because we all go through it, some people more than others. But again, this episode is an awesome one as I absolutely loved uh, doing the the interview with Damo and I know you're going to get a lot from it. So I'm not going to say too much more. I hope you really do enjoy the show. If you do, please do take a screenshot, tag myself and tag Damo up on your Instagram story. We'd love to get some feedback from today's show and, and just let us know whether it has impacted you at all. But that's it from me for now. I hope you enjoy the interview. Right, Damo, so your first big injury... In football was in two thousand and fifteen, and it was a shoulder. And then from what you're telling me, mate, it went uh, it went downhill from there in terms of the odd body. It just just wasn't agreeing with you. So you had fifteen shoulder, sixteen other shoulder, seventeen knee, eighteen other knee. Correct, mate. What'd you do? Did you run over a black car or what?
1: I always said that, and uh, everyone I spoke to sort of went down the same lines. But I don't consider myself unlucky. I don't consider my story to be any worse than anyone else's because at the end of the day there's always people out there that are less fortunate than us but yeah 2015 so these are the major injuries there's obviously things in between Mm. that um yeah that weren't ideal and probably didn't go according to plan yeah and when you've got big plans for your future i think um and it doesn't go according to plan it sort of puts you off track a little bit so 2015 dislocated my right shoulder um sort of had issues with it leading into the actual incident itself um, it was a bit niggly. It was a bit loose in the joint, um, yeah. and I knew it was a problem. So, kind of just fell over. Um, went to plant my hand. Stuck the, the arm yeah, out. Yeah, stuck the arm out, and out comes the shoulder. And first thing I remember was initial pain. Yeah. And then second thing I remember was holy crap. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Shoulder's not meant to look yeah. like that. So <laughs> what are we going to do just, here? <laughs> yeah, I remember just putting it in my jumper, walking off the ground, went into the back rooms. And then the physios kind of put me on the bed, um, got my arm out to a position where it would slide back in. Okay. And I'm very lucky that, well, I probably shouldn't say lucky, but I've got loose joints. Right. So in my knees, in my shoulders, my elbows, all my joints are quite loose, so.
0: So even though that could have been half the reason why you did it, it was also half the reason why it come back (laughs) in. Yeah, so we
1: kind of, later on after a few physio appointments, worked out that that probably was one of the issues. (laughs) Um, But yeah, just remember it popping back in. Yep and just being instant relief. Okay. So, instant relief for about It's five funny,
0: because a few people say, and I guess it depends on what limit it is, but a few people say once that it, once it's out, it's actually not too bad. It's once it goes mm. back in that gets the pain. Like, I remember, I know it's completely different, yeah. but I've done a shitload of fingers. Yeah. And when it's out, it's like, mm. oh, it definitely shouldn't look like that. Yeah. Um, and it's not too bad, but as soon as it goes back in, it's that's when it hurts.
1: I don't know if, how to explain it. So... When I say initial relief, it's like it's the joint's back into where it should be. Yeah. But then it's like five minutes kicks in and it's Aching. instant pain. Okay, So I think the initial relief comes from all your joints are so loose mm. that when it pops back in, it's just like, okay, now they've reset, they're back in where they should Normality, be. Normality, yeah. But then it's like, all right, now the pain's starting to kick in. Yep. You're getting a bit of blood flow come to it. You know, it's, it's starting to ache, it's starting to, yeah. <laughs> it's starting not to feel yeah, yeah. real great at this point. So that's when you either got to get a, a nice injection, yep. a couple of tablets, yep. uh, get on the green whistle, yeah. <laughs> or do Money something up. along those lines. Yeah. Um, it's not a fun injury. Um, it depends on your pain tolerance, I guess, too, you know. I, I was lucky that I sort of built up a high pain tolerance through football and through sport. But when it did happen, I uh, I prepared myself pretty well to, to deal with the aftermath.
0: Right, and that's so that's injury number one, and we'll, we'll chat about the others. But for a lot of people listening... Um, you know, obviously, there's a lot of people that have that are tuned in that have also gone through big mm. injuries, mm. Um, even small injuries. Like I was chatting about um, this on a podcast the other day about how you know, for some people, like a big injury, their emotional reaction or their mental kind of state afterwards can be the yeah. same as someone that has to miss a few sessions in a week. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like that same feeling of going, mm. oh, you know, oh, you're so used to training or playing yeah. footy in your case and all of a sudden you can't do it. Mm. Um, and for a lot of people... Even though it may seem like a small thing to from the outside in, it can, be, um, it can put you in a really shitty mental yeah. state in terms of not being able to do what you usually do, which can then also lead to going out of your usual routine mm. outside of football mm. or outside of the gym mm. or whatever your sport may be. So yeah. post-injury or you know, the, the day after, once your shoulder's back in mm. and it's looking normal again mm. and um, pain's probably settled down a little bit and you realise you're not going to be playing footy for a while, what was your initial reaction? Was it, were you pissed off? Were you um, were, you, were you kind of feeling a little bit depressed about it? Or were you, were you a bit optimistic? How did you react?
1: I think initially, I just remember punching the massage table. <laughs> so that was my initial reaction. Right. Was yeah. I just needed to let off some anger. Yeah. Um, so I remember coming in and just getting on the bed, and before my shoulder was even put back in, I just remember punching the massage table just yeah. out of frustration. And partly too, because I was playing playing at a semi-professional level, playing VFL for Williamstown, and probably knowing that that was going to take a bit of a hit mm. was the most challenging part. Yeah. Um, the injury itself didn't bother me. It was, well, what am I going to do now? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. i just come out of the TAC Cup system. I was so optimistic about getting drafted and playing my best football, um, proving myself in a new team at a senior level. But I think I like, quickly worked out that I had so much going on, mm-hmm. like at the time that I wanted to do, which made I think the process of dealing with the injury so much easier.
0: Okay, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I
1: think where we get caught and is you know by all means if you're a young kid coming through you give a hundred and ten percent to your sport, yeah, to you, the industry you're in. But I think for me it was I had so much that I wanted to do outside of sport that it made dealing with the injury a lot easier because it gave me more time to focus on that whether yeah. it was my study whether it was you know wanting to start like a little side business I think it took away from the fact that I was going to be missing footy for sort of three months yeah um, but don't get me wrong I was still absolutely yeah, uh, sure. gutted um, but it was my first injury yeah so it, right so yeah <laughs>
0: that's good it's good you touched on it so I want to fast forward next year you do the do the other shoulder yeah. um, which I imagine similar process you do all your rehab and stuff and then you get to 2017, yeah, you're probably feeling pretty good about the start of the season and, and ready to just play a full mm-hmm. season and with uh, good shoulders and, and nice and fit and healthy and then you do your knee. So <laughs> what is is that whole, what, where's your mindset after that and, and how are you feeling in terms of is it, you know, fuck me, I've done it again, yeah. um, I'm over this shit or is it yeah. like, You know, I've gone through it twice now. Mm. I know I can get back to where I was. Let's start this shit all over again. Yeah,
1: I always knew that I'd reset my mind to kind of deal with any injury that come up after this. And I think one thing I did after my second shoulder was made the decision to leave VFL. So I think one thing that worked for me was now I had a new goal. So regardless of the last two injuries, um, I kind of had a reset my mind. I had a new goal. I had a new challenge. I was going to go back and play local. And coming from VFL to local, you've got a standard to set. So mm. I had something to prove. Yeah. Um, I got to pre-season. I remember it was the start of January, and I was just burning it up. I you know, I was running really well. I was yeah. fit. Shoulders felt really good. I never had any sort of lower problem, yeah, lower lower um, leg injuries. A um, few minor sort of hamstring complaints, but nothing major. Um, and then kind of went into the pre-season really confident. Um, probably the best i felt my whole career, yeah. which was... Interesting because obviously my load was a lot less. Yeah. Um, coming from VFL, and I'm
0: assuming as well there's probably a little bit of less less pressure as well. Oh, you're definitely. Not, you're not it was, trying to. Put, I had nothing to prove yeah.
1: in terms of. I knew I could play footy. Yeah. I just knew I had to set a standard because that's one thing I was big on was get to training. It's local. I had been used to a high standard for so long that yeah. I wasn't going to fall down back to that level yeah, and let yeah. myself go. You want to bring the rest of the people. Yeah, up. and bring. I, I wanted to. I wanted to carry the team along with me. So I remember getting to the first practice match, played a quarter. Felt pretty good. I thought I'll play a quarter, just get back into it, yeah. you know, touch the ball a little bit, get to know my teammates. So I went into the second practice match very confident. Yeah. Very yeah, up and about, chest yeah, out, yeah, yeah, yeah. put on the jumper, and I just remember an absolutely awesome feeling. I just remember probably a feeling that I never had before in terms of footy. Um feeling like a weapon. Yeah, Way I just I just felt like <laughs> I could just run through brick walls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, There was no pressure and sometimes I had let the pressure get to me at at, at VFL level. Got into the first quarter. um, I just remember getting probably 10, 15 kicks in the first quarter and I was like, do you know what? How good is this? This is absolute ripper. I'm getting my hands on the footy. I'm I'm loving it. I just, I love the competition of it all. And then second quarter, some guy slid in and kind of took out my knee and I just remember an instant click in my knee and... It wasn't initial pain so i thought you know what i've got to prove a point so i'm gonna keep going half time and then we come out for the third quarter and then i remember planting my leg and as i planted my right leg i just remember my knee just clicking and clunking and instant pain and i dropped to the ground and i knew it was bad instantly yeah um and i just remember being drawn with like emotion because people in footy terms know that an acl reconstruction is one of the biggest injuries that you can you can sort of burden your yeah, life just yeah, because yeah. of the sheer recovery of it.
0: Mm, not only physically but mentally, it's a it's such a long process. Oh, There's definitely. so much involved in yeah, and also the um, the unknown of whether yeah. you're actually going to be able to get back to definitely. where you were before physically yeah. and confidence wise yeah. and everything.
1: And you never really do. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like you know, if you feel ninety five percent prior to doing it, you might drop down to ninety. And that's the reality that I face. And I just remember sitting on the ground in the middle of the oval and just crying. Yeah. And that's that's me. Pure emotion, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it wasn't even me. I didn't even um, fast forward six months down the track. To see, like, it was just... In that moment yeah, right there. It was just there. pure yeah. emotion that yeah. I couldn't control myself. I remember going carried into the rooms and I just remember having my hands over my head and my mum by my side. I had a cousin on the other side. And they were all just crying yeah, because they knew how hard I had worked... To get back there. Yeah, to get back there, but they knew how bad the injury was potentially.
0: Yeah, and you've also gone from one extreme to the other um, emotionally that day. Yeah. Like you said, feel like you can run through a brick wall at the start of the day and start of the game and then all of a sudden it's, what now?
1: Yeah, and I think that's the biggest question, especially for young kids coming through. It's like, well, what do you do next? Um, And for me, I never... It was never an issue for me. Like, what do I do next? I always had put plans in place mm. for whenever I was going to finish up with footy. Yeah. Um, but it was more just knowing I had 12 months recovery yeah. and I had to go through surgery for the third time yeah. in three years. Yeah. I think that's what the emotion was, um, and probably a bit of emotion of letting people down, um, mm. like coming to the club. Like when in actual fact,
0: you know, and I, I know that I know that feeling as well. Mm. But when in actual fact, when you put it in perspective and you think about it mm. now, like yeah, you're, you're obviously not letting anyone down.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but at that time, I know what you mean. You feel mm. like you've you've you got the weight of the world on your shoulders, and 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 it's all, all your fault type yeah. of thing.
1: Hundred percent, especially when you cast expectation across someone. Mm. And I always have big expectations of myself. Yourself, um, yeah. Just regardless, so I kind of just felt. And when it's in a team environment, I think it's a little bit different. You know, mm. when you play an individual sport maybe not so much because at the end of the day if you don't play you just it's yourself Yeah. whereas yeah, yeah. for me it was like it was the start of the year I had I had built so many friendships over the summer and we had put so many plans in place to have such a big year that I was just gutted yeah. like it was just it was more gutted not for myself because I knew I knew I was going to be fine mm. um, but I was just gutted for the team I was gutted for the people I would worked hard for I was gutted for just like my family um, and then emotion kicked in just based on knowing that the recovery was going to be intense mm. and don't get me wrong an acr recovery is yeah it's as bad as they get um, Yeah. but at the end of the day i just knew i had to deal with it like i yeah. knew i didn't know what the process was because i hadn't done one before mm. i knew surgery was going to be involved so we kind of went through the process got the mris done spoke to the physio and i just remember the phone call after getting my mri was shit budge what did you fucking do like, that was yeah, the phone right. call when I was like, it's bad, isn't it? Yeah. And he's like, mate, he's like, your knee's pretty much destroyed. You've got an ACL tear. You've got a meniscal tear. Um, he goes, it's pretty banged up. Yeah. Um, and I remember sort of the few days after, I couldn't bend my knee okay. because I did my meniscus. Because of the I, inflammation or? No, just because I tore my meniscus, it restricted me from okay, bending yeah, yeah. my knee. Yeah. So I remember just booking for the surgeon straight away, and he said, "Mate, we have to operate like ASAP because if you start healing,
0: yeah, in that position, in that yeah, position, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: your knee's going to be bummed." So I just remember just feeling like worried, yeah, more than anything, because I was yeah, started yeah. thinking the of the future. I started yeah. thinking of, well, what am I gonna, What's going to happen when I have a family? Am I going to be able to run around with my kids and yeah, like all these things that I, these are the plans I had put in my in my head. Yeah, what was going to happen after flee, and they just started running through my head, mm. thinking, oh, like fuck, am I going to be able to do all this, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? So I remember just going to see the surgeon. I said, mate, just your, go, fir- fir- your, your first appointment, get me in. Yeah. I'm like, just get me into surgery. I just want to get it done. So within four days after doing it, I was in for surgery. Yeah, it's quick. Um, so I had it done, Come out of theatre, remember recovering. And obviously back then they started with a hamstring graft. So yeah. I had my hamstring um, Ligament tendon, yeah. like about, I think, two centimetres removed. Yeah. And then they pop it in your knee and do what they have to do. Yeah, yeah. So I just remember waking up and anaesthetic was sort of cooling off by then. Yeah, yeah. so, but I remember the pain just being in my hamstring. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I remember sitting on the bed and I, I remember the physio came in and she goes, what, how are you feeling? I said, mate, my hamstring is on fire. Yeah, like, yeah. It's killing me. And she, you know, she said, Explain yeah, we yeah, yeah. Explain the process because I... I just wanted to get it done. Yeah, I didn't yeah. care about what the process was. Just fix me. Just do it, yeah. Um, so, yeah, and then recovery, obviously, was pretty intense after that. Mm. Um, just a, a story on that was, I remember getting addicted to, to the endone. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. Just because the pain was so bad um, that I was sort of taking six to eight endone every day. Which, yeah, right, which is, is a lot. Which yeah. is a lot, yeah. just because of pure pain. Yeah. And I remember about a week in, the pain started easing, but my body started feeling like it was rejecting coming off the endone. Yeah. Because I, I, I said to myself, get off the endone, just get to Panadol. Yeah. I remember the first night I stopped taking the endone, I was lying in bed and I had my ex-partner now yeah, next okay, to yeah. me. And she said, what's wrong with you? And I said, I, I, I don't know, I was shaking. Yeah. Like I was... Withdrawals. Yeah I was, yeah, I was jittery. Like it was like I was having like a mini seizure. Yeah. yeah. And I said, oh, I said, I'm not in pain. I said, my body's just... It's just I don't know something's not right. Yeah. So I remember just getting up. I, I got up. I walked. That's how good I was feeling. I yeah, walked yeah. to the to the cabinet and I just took an endo. Right. Um. Because I was just I had to just release this whatever it was that was happening. Yeah. Like yeah Coming yeah. down. It was like sort of being a drug addict and getting off. Yeah. And yeah. And yeah. trying to get off it. You know. So that was. Quite and it hard. doesn't
0: take. Yeah. It doesn't take long. Like I, I I've had a number of sur- few surgeries and um and you're right like even three or four days mm. getting used to it and, and it, it, you do get used to it pretty mm. quickly and obviously mm. it feels pretty good it makes you mm. feel nice and relaxed and you can see how it's so so addictive it's yeah. a massive problem now and that's a, that's a whole nother yeah.
1: and you can see at that point I kind of understood why why and how people could get addicted to yeah, these things sure. yeah sure um, because I just had that feeling in my body that once I was on like I was taking the endo yeah. it was like all the problems sort of went away yeah but I knew it For a wasn't, brief period. Yeah, for a brief period. So it's period. very it's a it's a short term yeah, yeah. um, you know suppressant. Yeah but I just remember feeling free. Yeah, like yeah. I'd lie on the couch, ten minutes the tablet would kick in, and I just feel amazing. Yeah. yeah. I just feel like alright, now I can just sleep for the next hour, yeah, like, yeah relax, yeah. I can yeah. take it easy. But the feeling I knew it wasn't right. Yeah, yeah. But it's artificial. I just I couldn't help but and it's a bit like washing away those problems mm, you know pushing I mean? away That's yeah. why maybe people turn towards drugs because it does it just wash away Pressing, all yeah. your presence uh, your, your, your problems um, mm. so yeah that was kind of the first experience with the ACL yeah um,
0: and and before we, so we move on we'll move on to 2018 the injury in 2018 mm. this year um, soon but so obviously you know we're talking at the moment we're talking about injuries and it's to do with yeah. sport and yep. it's yep. Obviously, it can be absolutely devastating, especially when you put so much time and effort into your craft and and what you're trying to do, and if you're growing up playing footy or any sport or you love the gym and it gets taken away from you, it can be just devastating. Mm. Um, But in the end of the day, it is sport, Mm. um, and there's a lot more important things, and um, people that are listening now are probably already going, you know, holy Mm. shit, this Mm. this guy's been through a lot. Mm. Um, But, you know outside of sport and outside of football you've had uh, a number of things that have come up mm. that are that have been massive for you and yeah. um, you know we, we caught up last week and after I've only we've only caught up like three times <laughs> yeah. and I feel like Short I, ride, I know up. a lot about you already yeah. but um, you know after listening to what you had to say last week like I was blown away especially with your attitude and your yeah. um, how you've turned things around but uh, I want you to kind of just if you can, if you're happy to talk about it, mm. go into a bit of detail now about um, about your dad and yeah. and the whole process there, and yeah. um, and we can chat about you know post post yeah. that afterwards.
1: Um, I think most people feel uh, like they can't talk about things like this, whereas I'm very I'm very passionate about my story with my father, um, yeah. more so than my footy story. Yeah. Um, so obviously the first ACL four weeks before. Prior to that, was yeah. when my dad passed away after a five-year battle with cancer, so yeah. G- I think it was end of January he passed away. Uh, the first week of March, I did my knee, so right. kind of in the space of two months, um, this was all happening. Mm. But, so the first, if I go back to the start of, of him being diagnosed, um, I just I think I was 18 at the time, okay. so it would have been my Calder Cannons year, yeah, um, and I remember. Him coming home and telling us that they had found something. Okay. Um, and they, they found like a little lump in his testicle. and at this, I think the first stages of a diagnosis is you're optimistic. Yeah. So,
0: what, what treatment can we get done? Correct. So, really, the, yeah. the
1: initial um, diagnosis was like, all right, you know, this is what the doctors have told us. How can we tackle it? Yeah. What do we need to do? What's the process? What's the steps? And I'm very process driven. I'm very, yeah. I need to know exactly what's going on with something like this, they can't give you the answers, yeah. which is the hardest thing. The hardest bit, you know, yeah. If you want to lose 25 kilos, well, you know, all right, week one, I to need five. to do this. Week yep. two, I need to do that. Yep. This is the training methods. This is the diet. Yeah. When it comes to this sort of process, and I was asking the questions, and I wasn't getting the answer, I was like, this is not right. Yeah, it's frustrating. It's, it was it was eating me up. And yep. I was 18 at the time, so grew up very, very quickly. Yeah. Like I learned more lessons from this period than I did from all my injuries, all my sporting yeah. achievements. So I remember getting the diagnosis and we everything takes time yeah. when it comes to treatment. So it's not like, all right, I can start my diet tomorrow. I can start my training tomorrow. It's like, well, come back in three weeks. We yeah. need to do this. We need to do a few more tests in between and we'll get more results. Kind of got more results. Understood that he had to have surgery, um, and it wasn't going to be a minor surgery. It was going to be a major. It was going to be a six to eight hour right. surgery. And I remember we went in, and as he walked through the theatre, I just remember him crying. And my dad never cried, right? Ever. Like, yeah. not that he was emotionless, but yeah, yeah. he just always wanted to show that he was the tough guy. Yeah, he always wanted it, like he was the male. He was the leader of our family. Yeah. He wanted to show that he was going to, like, stick tough through this period. Yeah. But this was the first time I seen him cry in my whole life. Yeah. I took him till I was 18 years old to, yeah, right. to see him cry. Yeah. And I just remember... And I was the same because I, I figured that I was tough too because yeah, I took yeah. after him. But I just remember all of us just crying together. Yeah, yeah. And it was, like, the first time I was like, wow, like, this is real. It's real,
0: yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. this
1: is, you know, this... This could potentially, you know, be life-changing. Yeah, And I think it was more the unknown that he was going into theatre and not knowing what was going to happen on the other side. Yeah. Um, so sitting into the, into the hospital um, waiting room for eight hours was, was gruelling because you've got so many thoughts, mm. you've got so much emotion. Like, I wasn't thinking about anything else but what was happening.
0: It's um, always that feeling of despair, I would imagine, because mm. you obviously aren't in control of any of it. No. And that's mm. the hardest
1: thing. When you when you're not in control, mm. you know, I'm a massive believer that you always control the controllables. Focus on what you can control. Focus yeah. on what you can control and what you can't control will be. Yeah. Just whatever happens, happens. And for the first time in my life, I wasn't in control of the situation. Yeah. And it scared me. Yeah. It 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 worried me. Um it was daunting. Like it was Yeah, it was it was crazy to think, yeah. but we just had to do it. Um and I remember we came out of the surgery. And then the doctors came and said, uh, "It's not what we thought it was." And at this point, I thought, "Well, gee, it's going to be good. Good news, yeah. It was going to be great news. Going to be like he's fixed, he's cured. Yeah." And they're like, "It's not. We we did what we had to do, but we can't get rid of it." And I just remember my mum fell to the ground, like she basically passed out. And I looked at my brother and he looked at me and we kind of just had an empty sorrow feeling. Like yep. it was, there was no emotion there. It was like we didn't know what to feel. We didn't mm. know what to think. Um, and I just asked the doctor, I said, is he going to leave? And the doctor turned and said, no. And I was like, I, can't, I didn't. Like it was, yeah, it's, it's hard to explain him like that moment. out-of-body like, out Yeah, it was, like, yeah, it was a bit like that. It was a bit like like, is this real? Like, I thought I was going to wake up mm. and I thought it was going to be a dream. But then the doctor said, like, we give him probably about five years. And when you give someone a time period on their life, it's it's just crazy. Was your,
0: was your old man with you at this point when you asked no, him? No, so dad questions? was in right. recovery. Okay, so, so at this point he had idea. He 90. didn't know what happened. Right.
1: Um, and we didn't, we kind of questioned whether we should tell him like straight away what yeah. was happening um and in in the end the doctor kind of explained to him that you know it wasn't going to be exactly curable but they didn't give him the time period that they gave us yeah which we both like we all agreed as a family that we weren't going to let that happen because we just wanted to give him hope we wanted to give him the ability to think that there was a there was light at the end of the tunnel yeah. at the end of the tunnel um but then we kind of so if we fast forward through the five years of the sickness, It was, you know, sort of five major surgeries again after that. okay. Just more maintenance than anything. So, it was, you know, can we extend his life for three months, for six months without sort of being a detriment to his everyday well-being. But, you know, he was, when he first got diagnosed, 110 kilos in the gym, fit, and then fast forward to last year in January when he passed away, he ended up being about 45 kilos so it's you can't really imagine it and i never try and get people to understand what that's like to go through that time period um but it's a massive change wow. in your life Huge. it's um it's a grueling process um yeah you wouldn't wish it on your your worst enemy um and there's i, I don't try to remember the process at all um because there's none of the memories that I really want to continue yeah. on with me, but all I remember was the last two days before he passed away, the doctors told us he was this was the end. Yeah. Um, so, me and my brother sort of consulted each other and, and felt the need to tell him that this was going to be the end because, you know, it, it meant that he could say what he wanted to say to mm. people. Um, if you want to talk to me, my brother, if you want to talk to my mum, and... If there was anything that he wanted to say to us before he yeah, left, yeah, and I just remember this being the hardest thing that I like I've ever done in my life, but like harder than any time trial training session. Yeah, it was just it just felt physically hard to
0: yeah. do it. And, I, and you know, I, I don't mean to cut you off at all, but I yeah. imagine like at the time this wasn't going through your head, but when you think of it now. You know, when you put into perspective all the sport stuff, you know, mm. worrying about whether you're going to be ready for pre-season, yeah. wor- wor- worrying about whether you're going to be able to play yeah. round one is yeah. just—it's nothing. It's
1: oh, it was. I just remember calling, like, I called the team manager during like all this was happening, and I just said, "Mate, if I'm not around, I'm not around." Mm. Like, and that's the only explanation I can give you. So yeah. my dad's sick. I didn't care about footy. Yeah, I didn't care about like what was happening there. I just knew I had to be here. Yeah. Um and I remember me and my brother sitting down with my dad and I couldn't even get the words out. Yeah. Like, it was just it was just physically to tell someone that they're gonna die. Yeah. Is probably the hardest thing I'll ever have to do in my life. Um so we did it, we told him and I just remember him crying, we were crying, we just hugged each other and he said to me, That's the only words that I ever Remember from this whole process was, he said, "I don't want to leave," and that's what he said to me. He said, "But I'm tired," and I kind of just, like, broke, like my heart sank. Like, it's crazy to think, but um, I just turned around and I said to him, "Dad, whenever you, whenever you're ready to go," I said, "You just let go," and I don't believe in, like, you know, these sort of stories where uh, I told him to let go, so he's going to let go, mm. but. A day later, he passed away. Yeah. Um, and the day prior, he was talking to us. Okay, know? So yeah. it, it was kind of like that acceptance he needed. Yeah. So he'd obviously
0: been fighting to hold on and...
1: hundred percent, but in terms of the mindset around, like, during that time period, um, and I go back to it, is I think what got me through was keeping, a, like, a solid routine. Um, and we can delve into that a bit more, but...
0: Yeah, and that's one thing, like, since... Since getting to know you from the, mm-hmm. the brief period mm-hmm. we've we've known each other, like that's one thing that seems to be very consistent in your life is that you mm-hmm. do have routine, and even yeah. even in those periods of recovery from injuries and and with your dad, mm-hmm. it seems like you know you know that there was there was stuff that needed to be done outside mm-hmm. of that, and mm-hmm. for you it was just business as usual, which mm-hmm. for a lot of people can be hard. Mm-hmm. But as you explained to me last week, like uh, in, in your eyes, that's probably something that. Made the whole process of yep. all of that, and you know, something as massive as, as your dad passing away, that you're able to continue on and see, you know, see things that can be focused on outside of that. Mm. Um, whereas if you're outside of routine, yep. those thoughts that are coming up are, are going to stay there, and it's going to be something that's constantly yeah. on your mind.
1: Definitely, and I think it, it's good to to try and reflect when you go through things like this. Um, but one thing that kept me going was just obviously sticking to that routine and uh, I'm massive on my training and my men- mental stability. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there was periods where he would be in hospital for up to six weeks um, and we would catch the train in every day to the Peter McCallum. Me and mum would get on the train at, say, 10 o'clock yeah. and we'd come home on the train at 7, 8 o'clock at night. But I made sure that every day that when I woke up, I was going to do something, mm-hmm. something that was going to take my mind away from the day ahead. Yeah, because at the end of the day, I knew it was going to be grueling. I knew emotionally, by the end of the day, I was going to be absolutely knackered. Um, I could have been sad, upset, yeah. angry by the end of the day. So I'd always, I'd set my alarm it was for seven thirty every day. Yeah, every day I'd get up, whether it was a gym, a walk, a swim. Listen to a podcast, Listen yeah. to a book, listened... I was going to do something that was going to be productive because yeah. I knew the rest of the day wasn't productive. Yeah. So for six weeks, three, four months at a time, that was pretty much my day every yeah. day. Um, and it was the best thing that I have probably could have implemented in my life because, you know, you wake up, you've had a hard day of the day before, and you wake up in the morning and it's like, well, all right, I need to reset my brain again. mm um, there's
0: two there's, there's two there's two pathways you can go down that yep. first the first moment that you wake up mm. in the morning is that day going to be yep. positive and productive yep. even if there is stuff that's that you need to tackle that that yep. you may not necessarily want to tackle or yep. that's yep. going to be hard yep. or are you going to let that hard stuff yep. determine your mood determine your productivity mm. determine mm. your um, your actions yep. towards other people and, and the stuff that needs to be done for yep. sure
1: yeah and I, I made a point that I wasn't going to let it bring me down yeah and as hard as it is to say and as as crazy it it might sound to people I just knew that like it wasn't gonna stop me Mm. in what I wanted to achieve Um, so I I made a a strong point from day dot that regardless of what emotion I was gonna feel um, physically how tired I was gonna be I just knew I was gonna I was gonna stick to my training my eating 'Cause I think the first thing we do is when we go through something as traumatic as that is we steer away from that routine, we steer away from our diet, we steer away from what's worked for us in the past. Yeah. And we turn towards the things that are comforting. Yeah. You know, whether that's your emotional eating, yeah, whether it's sitting in the corner and, and, and sulking. Yeah. It's the things that are comfortable to us mm. that we're consoling yeah yeah. and that's what happens when we you know when we go through trauma that's my experience yeah Um, other people's experience might be a lot different but I just knew I I still wanted to get outside my comfort zone and outside my comfort zone was training and eating right when I had all these emotions going through my head yeah Um, and it was the best thing I did because that one hour that I spent in the gym going for a walk going for a run it just set up my whole day I'd get to the hospital and I just knew whatever happened today, like mentally and physically, I'm going to cope. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it was honestly probably the, the greatest thing i have done. And I, I compared myself to, to all the other people in my family and yeah. how they were dealing with it. And, you know, I, I couldn't imagine how my mum felt at the time, but her approach was very different. It yeah. was like, I'm going to feel every single emotion there is okay. here. I'm, yeah. I'm going to ride as, as hard as I can. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm going to let it, you know, get me down and... And I understand that from her point of view. It's, you know, when you're a son versus a mother, completely different. Different dynamic, Completely different dynamic. Um, But I just knew that, yeah, I I was going to have a mindset that wasn't going to be defeated. Um, And when I tell people how my thought process was, they're like, you can't understand it. You can't understand it. Yeah. Um, But I wouldn't change it. Yeah. I wouldn't do anything differently. And and I say to people now, anything that comes up in my life, Anything that happens from this point on, it's not gonna, it's not gonna affect me. Yeah. Like it, it can't. Like I can't. There's nothing I can deal with now. That's gonna be harder than Hard than that. Than that time period. You know, you
0: can get through that. Yeah. You know at you can an get through age anything. so young. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah.
1: You shouldn't have to deal with these things, but this is reality. This is life. It's gonna happen. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 100%. There's gonna be something in your life that you're not gonna be happy about. You're gonna be angry about. You're gonna be sad about but it's your approach, it's how you tackle it.
0: Yeah, and and one thing I've gathered from you so far, and we've briefly touched on this as well, is that uh, you're a massive believer in, and I I really like this, you're a massive believer in, if something makes you unhappy or something doesn't feel right, then Mm. it's up to you to change it. Mm. And, you know, there is a shitload of people um, out there. You know, there's stuff that I still do that that I could be doing a lot better, but there's a lot of people out there that are continually doing the same stuff, whether it be a job, whether it be... Relationship, whether it be the fact that they're unhappy with their weight, mm. with their eating habits, whatever it may be, but they're just they're not doing anything mm. about it. So your approach is different. If there's something that you're not happy with or something that sh- doesn't feel right, yeah. then you're going to take action and, and do something about it.
1: Definitely, and you get <clears throat> like you get one life. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And I I watched my idol, like my mentor, I watched his life get taken away. So my thought process now is. You get one chance at this, like, mm-hmm. you don't get a second opportunity to live life, like, yeah. you know what I mean? You are only eighteen once, yeah. you're only twenty five once, mm-hmm. you're only fifty once. Yeah. So if you're not happy doing something, just don't fucking do what it. What are you fucking doing? Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like yeah. when people come in and say, "I hate my job." Yeah, I hated my job too. You know what I did? I quit. Yeah. <laughs> I I hate that I'm ten kilos overweight. Well, if you're ten kilos overweight, do something about it. Yeah. Change it, fix it, change it, lose yeah. weight. You know, if you if you got a circle of friends that you don't like hanging out with, get rid of them. Yeah, I have. That's it.
0: so important. It's so important yeah. to surround yourself with good people, and we talk about it all the time on this yep. show. And I imagine you, um, that's something that would have been extremely detrimental to mm. to you staying positive and 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 moving forward with the stuff that you want to do is surrounding yourself with people that are going to continue to bring you up and yep. motivate you, inspire you to do better than what yep. you're currently doing. And I'm a... Massive believer in trying to surround yourself with people that yeah. are either motivating you to be better or yeah. currently doing way better than you. Yeah. That gives you something to aspire to. I and think it's bring a bit of
1: both. you got to have people that you aspire to be and you've got to have people that you enjoy the journey with. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, if you're just going to keep enjoying the journey by yourself, you've got no memories to, to look back and say, how awesome was that? Mm. Um, so, one thing for me was. And when you go through traumatic experiences, you really understand who the people are around you. And yeah. I'm grateful that the people that I thought were my mates were my actual. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> to, yeah. Because the stories you hear is, um, you know, I went through this, 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 and that, and the person that I thought was gonna be the most wasn't there. Wasn't there, yeah. Whereas I was very lucky for me, the mates that I had prior to this happening were the mates that were sitting by the bedside yeah. with me, like, consoling with consoling me. Consoling, yeah. My hand. Um, but yeah, if, if you've got a circle of friends that, you know, I think the people you surround yourself with, they have to make you better people. Yeah. And that's as simple as that. If, if you just become comfortable and, you know, push each other and you don't strive to do anything better, you're not going to improve. Like, you're not going to become a better person. You're not going to progress in your career, yeah. in your sport, in your health and fitness. Like, yeah. it's, it's just not going to happen. Um, if you're going to sit back and think that it will, it's not. And that's yeah. the reality. And one point that I make now is I'm always trying to associate with people that are making me better, that I can learn mm. something from, and that I can teach to them as well. Yeah. And hence, probably why this podcast yeah. is happening right now. Yeah. Because we probably saw something in each other that we were like, you know what, I can learn from you, you can learn from me, and you don't know where these relationships are going to take you. Exactly right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, my point every day now is talk to someone new.
0: Yeah. I yeah, oh, love that yeah. yeah
1: don't continue to talk to the same obviously you've got your circle of friends yeah. you're going to talk to the same step out of your comfort zone meet new people yeah you know
0: don't get complacent with where you're at now
1: don't get because as soon as you get complacent and you think alright I've done enough that's where your success stops yeah at that point you said I've done enough oh, that's it yeah. it's, it's not going to progress any further so every day like you know I work in a cafe and I just make a it doesn't matter if you're 65, 70 or if you're 12 years old, yeah, yeah, I'm going to make a point to try and learn something off you, Yeah, you know what I mean, and not ask for anything in return, I think that's yeah. the biggest thing from people now is, well, what do you want, oh, do you want something out of this, and it's like, well, no, like, nah, yeah. I just purely want to learn yeah. and, and grow.
0: And we spoke about it last week, and you seem like an extremely positive person, mm. um, and you make a conscious effort, like you said, to talk to people you don't know, smile when you're at work, mm. do all this stuff, and it's... There is, it doesn't doesn't happen that often, does it? We spoke about last mm. week. You know, even with emails or texts or whatever, yeah. like when people ask you how you're going, like, fantastic, great. Yeah. Like, yeah. what's there to be upset about? Why? Are you, why? Are you, you know, mm. positivity goes such a long way. Uh, being grateful for what you do have and not focus. You know, I listened to a Tony Robbins podcast mm. um, while I was over in LA, and something really resonated with me with me there. And uh, he mentioned two things. So the things that you, that you always want to focus on what you do have not what you don't have um, and and just that first thought needs to be it'd be so good if we could change people's mindset around the first thought mm. you know because a lot of people if, if it's you know can I do this mm. oh no I can't you think of all the reasons why mm. it can't happen mm. all the reasons why you're going to fail or mm. uh, instead of mm. what happens if it does work mm. or what happens if I can do it or I've put in the work I yeah. can you know what yeah. I mean so
1: as, as I think as people it's like we want to fail because it's justification that we're not good enough, mm. or it's
0: justification to not even try. Yeah, to
1: not that's and it's the easy way yeah. and I put out uh, just a little like video on Instagram um, a few days ago.
0: I'll make sure, guys. I'll have all um, of Damo's links to social and stuff up on in the show notes so you can check out his page because the the stuff you're putting out now is mm. really really good and and those even those short videos yeah. like it can completely change the oh, way someone goes about their day
1: and, and that's the thing it's it's all about changing someone's day but yeah going back to like um, people in general it's it, it, we wanna fail because we don't even want to try in the first place hmm. and at the end of the day if you keep telling yourself you're not good enough you're not going you to be. be good you won't be yeah you know what i mean and the the point of me trying to be happy every day is because if you just keep telling yourself that you're good you're great you're excellent you're Fucking awesome! Yeah. Like you're brilliant. Like you, you—that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Like you're going to be fucking awesome. You're going to be good. You're going to be great. Mm. You, well,
0: it was the same whether you believe you can or you can't do it. Either way, you're right.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. And for me, I would much rather just keep telling myself that I can do it. Yeah. Even if it's me going to the moon, I'll tell myself <laughs> yeah. that I can keep <laughs> yeah. going. Do you know what I mean? But it's a—it's it, not. So, it, how do I explain it? It's, it's something you can change very quickly Yeah. because it's just a mindset. Either way, shift. on either yeah, end of the on either spectrum, end. yeah. So, but I, I never get in a mood where I say, I can't do it or today I'm not happy yeah. or today I'm sad. I never use negative emotions, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I... I never put into my vocabulary that I'm sad, that I'm unhappy, that I'm tired, that I'm run down. I just, I always tell myself that I'm good, I'm great, mm. I'm happy. I'm awesome. I'm motivated. I'm, and my since uh, it's been more so since Dad passed away. Yeah, that I've had this mindset, but I've been more productive in the last sort of twelve months, and probably the ha- and it's strange to say, but the last twelve months is the happiest I've ever been in my life.
0: Yeah, and, and going th- going off what you've told me, it sounds like it's because you're now in complete control of all aspects of your life yeah. with the, your 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 mood and your, your kind of mindset around mm. work, like you said, being positive mm. with what you're doing outside of work. Mm. You've got a few projects mm. going on at the moment, which is awesome. Mm. you got your podcast, which is mm. great. Again, I'll have the link to that. Yep. Um, you know you know exactly the direction that you want to yep. go in and your mind is open to things that possibilities that can happen mm. and you're just taking each day mm. as it comes, which I think is awesome.
1: Yeah. And I think it's productivity. Yeah. Productivity 100%. brings happiness and that's one thing I'm, I'm very massive on and one thing I, I, I want people to hear is stay productive and I promise you you'll stay happy like mm. it's it's when you're sitting at home and you've got nothing to do and you're feeling bored and you're feeling like I'm never bored man <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> like I'm never yeah. bored because <laughs> if I c- kind of get to that point it's like well what can I do can yeah. I listen to something like to a podcast even if I'm sitting at home like what can I listen to can I get an audio book can I get a can I read can I like in the so one thing I've done now is I don't listen to FM radio. Oh man! So for so people shit. out there, like so if, shit. yeah, if you're on the if you're on the road a lot, it's just it's junk. It is like, find a good podcast, yeah, find an audio book, that, and that's what I do. Like I've got my my Audible, I've got a list of books that I want to listen to, and I make a point to try and listen to one a week. Yeah, at yeah. the moment, I'm listening to Jarko Willink. I don't know if you. Know oh me. man! ex Navy so Seal. Good. So good. So I'm listening to Extreme
0: Ownership. I think he may have done a podcast with Joe Rogan. Yeah, he did. That's great. He's always on Joe Rogan's podcast. You and I are massive fans of David Goggins as yeah, well. Yeah, we go- oh, Goggins is go on and on about him.
1: Um, So these are all people like, you know, if, you, if you're looking for a, a bit of motivation, like go listen to these people because they've got, one, they've got cool stories, but two, like, their mindsets are absolutely undefeated. Mm. Um, and one one thing I've implemented now is knowing that my mindset can't be cracked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I just know if throw anything at me, uh, I've got it. Like I'm, I've got it covered. It's, mm. it's a very simple process for me. Like it, this hasn't taken like a lot of work. It's just taken me having a shifty mindset to say, well, do you know what? Life's not fucking bad. We wake up in a beautiful country. Most of us woke up with wake up with a, a roof over our head. We got food on the table. Like what do you have to be sad about? Did your girlfriend break up with you? Well, guess what? My girlfriend broke yeah. up with me after six yeah. years too. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, there's nothing... People let the, the minute things in life and the things that don't matter... Yeah. Get to them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Someone cuts yeah. them off on the road. Well, yeah. oh, I'm going to let it ruin my day. You know what I do? If someone cuts me off on the road, I smile and be like, I'm going to have a better day than you. Yeah. yeah.
0: What does Gary say? My, Gary V says, most things in life don't matter.
1: No. And it's so true. You know, as long as you've got your values, your morals... Trust, respect, honesty, yeah. family.
0: And I think going back to the podcast and the audiobook, like it seems something so simple, but it's almost exciting with the possibility, mm. even just reading as well. I, I tend mm. to not have the attention span all the time to sit mm. down and read, so I listen to yeah, audiobooks. But sense. the the possibility of hearing or reading one sentence that can mm. completely change your mm. life is unreal. Yeah. Like it, it, That's what happened yeah. with me. That's 100%. what happened when I, uh, I read uh, The Greatness Guide by Robin Sharma mm. and that, Comp- like you know, mm. I was, it's I was already kind of doing mm. the whole fitness mm. thing, but it completely changed my approach to mm. a number of things.
1: Hundred percent, and I think it's just people just getting those triggers to understand how they can make a shift. Yeah, you know, I think people think there's a magic science to being happy.
0: Yeah, there's no science. Or that they need to be lucky to be happier. Yeah,
1: it's not luck. It's not science. There's no rule book. There's no one plus one equals two, two plus two equals four. Yeah, it's it's very freaking simple you know what i mean do the things you love in life whether it's your training whether it's building relationships whether you love arts and crafts or you love going to bloody waterfalls yeah just find find the things you love you know what do I mean. More i think it. we spoke about this like with especially with training and this probably relevant if you don't love running don't run <laughs> exactly <laughs> right. it's a pretty fucking simple process if you don't <laughs> if you don't love to run just I can, don't run. Do Simple something else. As that. Yeah. Go like if you want to. If you love riding a bike, go ride a bike. Yeah. If you want to do yoga, do yoga. Like really? I think people f- figure that you have to absolutely sweat your ass off to get a workout. Yeah. Like all right, you got to get your heart rate up and you got to do all that and you got to get a bit of a sweat on. But for people just starting out, like and I had this. It's funny because I sat down with my family. My family's not really like into fitness and health and yeah. diets and stuff like that. And the, f- the like, the way they got into it, like getting to fitness for the first time, is like to go do boxer sizing classes. Yeah. For someone who's like overweight, never trained in their life, to go boxing is one of the hardest things you can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah buddy. So like, <laughs> if you go into a boxing class and you absolutely knackered it and you can't get through and you hate it, you're not going to go back. Exactly right. Like if if you if you're just starting out, like start just go for a walk.
0: Yeah, it's like anything else, isn't it? Just
1: start burning calories. Go for a walk. Start when you learn the
0: guitar, you don't get up on stage at Eddie Hard and play in front of a sold out crowd, do you? 100%. <laughs> and this
1: and this is how people like get fitness and health wrong. Like you don't have to go out and do an hour and a half grueling yeah. sessions. It's not like fitness is whatever you want it to be. That's right. Know? Training is whatever you want it to be. If you're just starting out, go for a brisk walk, ten minutes. Tomorrow do eleven minutes. The next day do twelve minutes. By the end of the month, you're gonna be up to forty minutes yeah. walking. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's I agree. and it's just an easier way to shift your mindset to say, no, nah, I can do it. Yeah, but if you're just going in way too hard, yeah, one, you're gonna burn out. Two, physically, you're gonna feel like shit. Yeah, and three, your mindset's gonna be Shocking. absolutely destroyed. Yeah, and you'll be like, you know what? I'm just gonna sit on the couch, and have a chocolate milkshake. Yeah, it's an easy way out. Exactly right. So,
0: look, man, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to wrap things up here. This has been unreal. <laughs> I've loved it, and I, I know that. Everybody who is tuned in today is going to absolutely love it. But is there anything that you want to leave us with or anything that you haven't said already that you want to mention before, before we finish the show?
1: I think for me, it's you don't need anyone's help. That's as simple as that. Because when you turn to that person or you turn to just remember that it's, it's you. Like It's you with your own emotions, your own thoughts. You are the creator of your destiny. There's no one that is going to magically help you do it, make you do it. Think about your mindset, think about your emotions, um, and just do the things you love. That's, that's, it's a very simple it's model. A very
0: simple equation, isn't
1: it? Exactly right.
0: Amazing, mate. Well, I, like I said, really appreciate you coming in, and um, thank you. Can't thank you enough for opening up and sharing your story because I'm sure it's not easy to talk about, um, and much appreciated. I know a lot of people would have got a shitload out of today. And for everyone who has tuned in, thanks so much for tuning in. As I said, I'll I'll make sure the links for Damo's podcast and his social media is in the show notes. You go and check out more of his stuff. Really appreciate you listening today and giving us uh, your attention. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. And do me and Damo a massive favor. Take a screenshot of today's episode. Post it up on Instagram story. Tag both of us. Um, I'll have his Instagram tag in the show notes and let us know what you thought of the episode and whether it's, it's made an impact for you because it definitely has for me. So thanks for tuning in and I can't wait to chat to you again in the next episode.